On today's Question of Faith, what Easter activities can I do with my grandchildren? Hey everybody, this is Question of Faith. I'm Mike Hayes. I am the Director of Young Adult Ministry here in the Diocese of Cleveland. I'm Father Damian Ferentz, Vicar for Evangelization. And I am Francine Costantini, Director of Youth Ministry. Hey, Francine's back. Welcome. Thank you. Welcome back to the show. Woo-hoo. Hey, we've been spending a lot of time lately together. We were out in uh, four different parishes doing grandparent workshops. Uh, so what do we mean by grandparent workshops? you want to take us through that? Sure. So this past summer, Pope Francis penned a letter to grandparents and seniors. The unfortunate Italian translation of English says grandparents and elderly. <laughs> we've been using the term seniors. And... In this letter, he explained to grandparents that he knows it's been a hard couple of years with this COVID, but that, like himself, there's no retiring from being a disciple and passing on the faith. And he's called grandparents and seniors to recommit themselves to missionary discipleship and protecting the traditions and sharing their lives with young people. And so we took this document and created a five-hour workshop on it. And we went to four different parishes and basically unpacked that letter. The two of you, well, you could talk about what you did, and then we can fill in uh, Miguel and Terry's spots. Good, Francie. So I I talked about teenagers and um, where teenagers are at right now and and what – gave suggestions for how grandparents can reach them, how grandparents can share their faith with them. Yeah, and I think that I, I looked at pe- uh, people who are older. A lot of times it's the children of the gra- of the grandparents who joined us, uh, so the parents of the grandchildren. And uh, we got some good feedback in the first two. They said, you know, it, it, my, my, my children are the ones that I'm really worried about. They're, they're the ones who aren't practicing their faith and therefore not passing this on to the grandchildren. So how can I have a relationship with my kids where we talk about religion and talk about these things in a healthy way that doesn't cause a fight? So that was my task, is mm-hmm. to figure out how to get them through those moments. And then after you two completed your tasks, then Miguel invited these grandparents and seniors to reflect on a graced moment in their life. And then we had brunch. So at all four places, eggs, sausage, bacon, biscuits, Mm, toast. It was delicious. (laughs) And then after brunch, Miguel took the folks through identifying their stories. Because one of the things that I've realized since I've taken this new post as Vicar for Evangelization is everyone wants to evangelize, but many don't know how to do it. They don't know where to start. And so what Miguel's been doing is helping people identify where God has moved in their life, um, maybe a significant moment where they went from death to life, from not being able to see to see, from being deaf to hearing, you know, a moment of grace, and then being able to articulate that moment for other people. So he started that process. And then Terry Yeoman, at the end of the day, did a lot of the practicals. And we're going to do some of that today, too, I suppose, how it is that we can engage practically in the lives of uh, younger generations. Yeah, yeah. She talked about the little, little kids a lot, too. She had, she's got a real passion for little, little grandchildren. And she, she has, has her the, own. She has yeah. her own, right? Yeah. yeah. So I, it's great. I yeah. should also say, then, the day concluded with the source and summit of our faith, faith, which is the Eucharist, celebration of Mass, and then they were sent. Go and announce the gospel of the Lord. And so, for the next three months, we're hoping that they can go out on mission, and then on July 25th, the vigil of Anna and Joachim will bring them back to Lord's Shrine for a comeback day and see how the missions went. Have conversations about what whether 
what did they do? What what yeah. kind of conversations did they have with their grandchildren, and how did it go? Yeah. And uh, and have them learn from each other. Yeah, successes yeah. and failures. You know, things things that have gone well, things that didn't go so well, and then you know, and we could feed back to that as well. But a lot of people were saying that they said we we really want to hear from people who tried this, and and find out you know well what did they do that was successful you know because everybody needs a you know an add a boy or an add a girl you know to say oh yeah you did that well okay good you know but then people learn from that you know they say oh I could try that with my grandkid you know like you said before uh, people don't know where to start so now they're like okay I, I got all this great information and I still don't know where to start so <laughs> tell me how you did this right is what people want to want to do and equally important is learning from your mistakes yeah. like man I tried this that did not work you know um, I had a couple grandparents say you know I've been just trying to teach teach every moment I get and what I learned from this day was I need to listen more and then once and you you both said this in your um, your presentations once we listen to young people, then they'll be more apt to listen to us. So that was a big learning from a lot of folks. Yeah. But I think anything you do, you want to review it and learn from it, both what went well, but most of our learning, really important learnings, well, that didn't work. So then I, I just redirect a bit. That's important. My friend Deacon Johnny Lane is the campus minister at, I want to say, Texas Tech. And he said when he first started as director of campus ministry, he came in and was like, Deacon Lane has spoken. Right, and it was like, yeah, this is what you're gonna do, and none nope. <laughs> of the students ever came back. And he was like, okay, maybe that wasn't the best idea. Let's try this again. And then he brought people in and listened to them, and then started his ministry in a new way. And now he's like the most popular person on campus, right? You know, yeah. so it's great. Learn from mistakes. Deacon Johnny Lane, who has a great name too. It is a great name. Sounds yeah, like a good guitar player. We uh, yeah. building those relationships is is key. You know, if if uh, if we don't have a strong relationship with someone, if if they don't know we care and love them, mm. um, then they're not going to be interested in what we have to say, and they're not going to be interested in what's important to us if we're not interested in what's important to them. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So so grandparents are asking, what what can they do with their grandkids over Easter? So what ideas might we have for them today? So I, I've come up with with some ideas, and they they're they're different based on the age of the grandchildren. Um, but one of the things I remember doing when my kids were little um, is I found this recipe for resurrection cookies, huh. and it's like a meringue, and you put oh. them in the oven, and and you so you bake them together, which is super fun. You put them in the oven, and then. Um, you eat them Easter morning, and when you bite into them, they're empty on the inside. And so they're oh, wow. like the empty tomb. And uh, you can also, there are recipes online also for um, empty tomb rolls, so like <laughs> cinnamon rolls, but you bite into them, and it's a big air pocket inside. So you can talk about the, you know, how when the disciples went back to the tomb, Mary Magdalene found an empty tomb. Like what does, and, and just start those conversations. Mm, super cool. I, I took the task of if you have young adult grandch- grandchildren or children even and you're looking to kind of engage in conversation, it's sort of late in the day, maybe after Easter dinner and everybody's a little tired and you wanted to sit back and watch a movie. I, I came up with, with four or five ones I think would be good for young adults. So that my, my favorite – all this is my favorite all-time movie is The Way – which is about the, the, the pilgrimage route, uh, the Camino de Santiago, and uh, so the, the Way of St. James, uh, starring Martin Sheen, directed by Emilio Estevez, who's Martin Sheen's son. Um, and it's you know, about this guy who, who walks the pilgrimage route 
and I won't I won't spoil anything in it because there's, there's a big thing at the beginning that would ruin the movie for you. But um, but it's definitely good. And, you know, and adventure travel is huge with with young adults. So this could be an opportunity for you to kind of watch this movie and say, hey, that pilgrimage, that's something you'd like to do because there's a bunch of them. There's not just the one in Spain. And that might be an opportunity for you to take a trip for with your with your young adult child as well. Um, I love the mo- the movie Saint Ralph. Have you seen this? No, like, I haven't. It, it's it's a cute movie. It's about a young boy whose mother is dying, I believe, of a brain tumor, and he's praying for a miracle. And to the priest who he's friends with in his high school says, uh, "You know, if any of you think that you're going to run the Boston Marathon on this cross country team, that would take a miracle." And so he decides to train for the Boston Marathon in the movie. And then the rest of the movie is about him doing this training with this priest as his coach and the relationship he has with his mother, which is really touching. So it's a great, it's a great little movie that uh, I don't think, you know, got, got wide, but not a wide release or certain, but it's, uh, it's you can get it on Amazon, on Amazon Prime for sure. I have, I, I've seen it on there. Uh, the Paulus did Romero, you know, all these times, which I just think is a great movie and won a bunch of awards. Um, a new movie, The Two Popes, is out, which is you know, about Benedict and Francis, which is sort of an inventive movie. It's not it's not historical. Um, it's a little harsh on Benedict. A little harsh on Benedict at times, yeah. I, I liked it, though. I, I liked it, though. It. Right. I yeah. feel the same way. Yeah. I was like, oh, a little harsh on Benedict, but still, but still kind of good. And then a classic, 77, uh, Jesus of Nazareth, which I, I watch that every year, um, either on Good Friday or Holy Saturday, depending on when I have time. Mm. But I think that's a great movie. Well, I was thinking back to... My childhood and what worked with me on Saturdays, you know, I was a kid growing up at St. Wendelin. We'd go down there and get our Easter baskets blessed. And each, so that the, the basket has symbolism, the cloth has symbolism. Mm-hmm. So the white cloth in your Easter basket uh, is to symbolize spring renewal and the resurrection. Eggs represent Christ's resurrection. Lamb-shaped butter uh, Christ as the Lamb of God, bread, Jesus is the bread of life, sausage, symbolic of God's favor, generosity, salt, we're the salt of the earth. So we used to go down with the Easter basket, with the cloth covering it, which can also be the shroud covering Jesus. Mm. And then you get the Easter basket blessed, and then the next day you eat from that basket. And that was always nice because, man, there's sausage from the market and eggs and and um, horseradish that had like beet-colored sauce on it. I don't know, all this good <laughs> Slovak stuff. But for me, that, that that's pretty important. My brother has the family basket and the family cloth that my grandmother from oh, Slovakia nice? made. Oh, so wow. it ties in faith, family, tradition, all those things. That's good. Horseradish, enough for one good sneeze, I always say. Oh, man, say. yeah. <laughs> and normally it's the deacon at the parish who will lead that the blessing of the Easter baskets oh, on Holy correct. Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, this was not a thing in New York, at least in, in you know with me growing up. So these these things are kind of new. It was definitely when I was I was in Buffalo for ten years. It was definitely a thing there, and I was like, oh, this is interesting. I was like, I've never experienced this. I always think it's kind of nice. I think it's know? a lot of Eastern Europeans. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. But I grew. I, it's funny. My my apartment building that I grew up when everybody was Polish, but us. Oh. We were the only ones who were not Polish. But I don't remember them doing this. So hmm. I was like I'm wondering, you know, if some of those traditions get lost in immigration movements, maybe. Mm-hmm. But you know, depending on where you end up. So hmm. I don't know. But anyway, that's 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 all good stuff. Did you you speaking of New York? Yeah. Did you know Yonkers, New York? That's where I grew up. Holy, there's a parish called Holy Trinity. Yes, that's where I went to Boy Scouts. That's where my grandparents got married. No kidding. Yeah, from Slovakia. They came over from Slovakia in 1910. 
And uh, I, yeah, so that's where they were married. I wish you go there one day and visit. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. we should get. Yeah, that would be a good thing. Yeah, I go visit my sister, and we can go to the Holy Trinity. They, um, they have a senior residence now. I'm not sure if the parish is still open. I know the school closed many years ago. Yeah, there was some sort of conglomeration or yes. yeah, yeah, clustering that took place. Yeah, but there's a there's a big senior residence that was built next to the school. I, I know this because some of my neighbors ended up moving there. Um, once they reach senior status. So mm. Yonkers, New York, you'll learn a lot of things, a little geography here, a little Easter baskets, a little, a couple other traditions, some movie reviews. What else do we got? We've got uh, some Easter vigil readings. Uh, so I'm, I'm actually lecturing at the Easter vigil this year, which at I'm Saint excited Luke's? about at St. Luke's, nice. yes. Um, and, I, and I love the Abraham and Isaac reading. Oh, so yeah. uh, I'm excited I get to, to read. I get to read the first three readings in the epistle. We're, it's two lectors. We're doing four readings each, and we're doing all the readings at our parish this year, um, which I'm also excited about. I like that they do all the readings. Yeah, it's this wide arc of salvation history. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. Have, have you ever, you know Leonard Cohen? Mm-hmm. His last album, there's a, the opening track, You Want It Darker, he he quotes Abraham and I the Hebrew is like, Hey Aini, it's like I'm I'm ready, I'm ready, Lord, oh, I'm ready right. and that, that echoes throughout. I always think of that and then Kierkegaard had a whole book on called Fear and Trembling, like how was it that Abraham did this and trusted and Yeah, and even then making the connections with okay, so Abraham was able to spare his son, but God the Father will not spare his. He's going to give his. And like making all those connections at the liturgy is just mind blowing and beautiful. And all that. I mean, we already we talked about that in a previous podcast, but it never gets old. Never gets old. Yeah. And so if, if you're going, if you're coming into the church at the Easter Vigil this Sunday, welcome, congratulations. Uh, we have a bunch of candidates. We have five candidates at St. Luke's this year, and I've been accompanying them through RCIA this year with uh, my buddy Max Hall. So that's been a lot of fun. So I'm, I'm excited to see them uh, make their. Uh, confirmation. A couple of them are getting baptized as well. Easter so. Vigil's always been my favorite Mass of the year. Same. Francine, awesome. when you were a youth minister at a parish, did you have teens come through RCIA? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it, what a excitement, excitement, blessing. It's, it, it invigorates the whole, the whole parish. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same on campus. You know, like I, I would have a retreat and people would get excited about a retreat and then they'd join the RCIA mm-hmm. program, especially those who like hadn't made confirmation for whatever reason. It's like, you know, maybe I should get confirmed. You know, <laughs> I was like, yeah. well, here, have I got something for you? You know, and then we'd go through RCIA, but it was always great. And the bishop would come and he was always excited to see people. A lot of our athletes went through it, which was surprising, cool. right? You know, it was... They, they would they would go through they would go through their uh, their time in college and they would say you know maybe I should get confirmed and they would spend some time with campus ministry and then they'd make their confirmation by the time they were juniors usually yeah it's amazing what an invitation can do yeah when teens invite their friends on retreat um, they don't have to be Catholic they don't have to they just they come because their friends invited them and what? wow God can move. Pay attention, grandparents. One of my favorite converts of all time is this young teen who used to wear a derby hat, and his name was Slug Daddy, and he played in a jazz trio, and we were down a bass player for our life teen band, and one of his friends said, FD, Father Damien goes, FD, I got a guy that could play bass. We said, well, all right, fine. And it was his time playing in the Life Teen Band that over time he liked what he was hearing and seeing. And then he be- he came into the church in uh, 2007. He had his dreadlocks. He goes by Brad now, but his name used to be Slug Daddy. Uh, it was his nickname. But he's a wonderful uh, convert and married, three kids. 
and it's a great joy when someone comes into the faith from another um because they don't take anything for granted, you yeah, know? Yeah, that's right. He was, he was teary-eyed when he received communion for the first time, and that inspired me. Like, how often do I take for granted that I can just receive yeah. communion daily without too much thought, you mm-hmm. know, sometimes, unfortunately. Yeah. But, yeah, converts are wonder. I know they're not converts. They're in full communion of the church now because they were already Christian. So right. I get all that. I get all that. Right. My, from my, my campus ministry friend uh, from when I was in college, Sister Jean Hamilton, um, who's long retired now. In fact, she was my mother's neighbor in her nursing home, um, and Sister Jean is still there. And she said that uh, after RCIA, she always felt like she had given birth, she said. It's true. <laughs> it's like, she, she would just, like, sit back, and she said, ah, she said, it's, it's, it's all over, but it's not all over. She said, yeah. now that there's new life all around it's, here. It's just yeah. beginning. Yeah. I was the RCIA director at a parish for a number mm. of years, and it was just such a privilege to to walk with the folks. And and generally, their sponsors would come with them and, and participate the entire year, and they would walk away almost every evening and say, how come I didn't know that? Mm-hmm. I'm a lifelong Catholic. How did I not know this? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so Easter Vigil, go. It's a long Mass, but it's fine. Beautiful Mass. You'll be happy. You'll, you'll be happy you did. Um, and grandparents, you know, do a bunch of things with your grandchildren uh, over Easter. It'll be great that uh, you're all together as one family. Uh, our church church will go out to Medina and uh, Holy Martyrs. What do we know about Holy Martyrs? Holy Martyrs is... Well, it's not that new now. It's probably 40 years old. But at the time, it uh, was named for, I think, Archbishop Romero and the four women oh, sure. who were martyred in El Salvador. Um, Father Bob Pfeiffer, I believe, was the founding pastor down there. And I know Father John Loya, who was also in, uh, served in Salvador, was a weekend uh, help out while he was at the seminary. Um, it's right off the highway. So you could see it right off 71 on 3 and it would be on the southwest side of that intersection. So you see it right there. It's a really great place for diocesan events because it's right off the highway. So if you ever wanted to do like a workshop, it would be a wonderful place yeah, to use. Big space there too, right? Big space, like, friendly yeah. staff, they say. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Good food, all kinds of things. And yeah. it's beautiful. It's in this wooded area. Mm-hmm. Nice place to go take some reflective walks during quiet time mm-hmm. or, you know, off you know, off workshop times or whatever's going on there, right? Yeah, Father Steve Doner is the pastor. He used to work in the tribunal down here for many, many oh. years. And um, yeah, he's been the pastor down there for some time now. Cool. Okay. So that's Holy Martyrs in Medina. Uh, so grandchildren, hopefully you'll have a good time with your grandparents this week and they'll have plenty of things for you to do now. Um, thanks to us, pat ourselves on our back. And uh, so, hey, it's it's Easter time. You know, we're we're here in the whole. We're, t- we're recording this on Tuesday of Holy Week, um, so we won't say Happy Easter yet. Oh, I just said it. Happy oh, well. Holy Week. Happy Holy Week. Happy, uh, Happy Resurrection, because Jesus is risen. It's not That's like right. we pretend he didn't during Lent. You know. Yeah. So enjoy the Triduum wherever you are, and uh, we'll catch you here again next time here on Question of Faith.